You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Wine Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner with you for another position preview. This is our penultimate position preview as we look at the old outside linebackers and the linebackers. The second level of the defense, though, the outside linebackers are basically on the front four, front five here for the Illini. Uh, but we will wrap up uh, later this week with our defensive backs, which is probably the one we're doing the most guesswork on and then uh, the specialists as well. But this is an interesting group, Joey, because we talked about the strength of Illinois in the trenches, and certainly Seth Coleman, Gayback, and the outside linebackers play a part in the trenches. Uh, but a linebacker unit that is interesting with some changes, some new personnel there, personnel rising through the ranks. But uh, Phil Steele ranks this group together in his college football preview and has them sixth in the Big Ten, which I think is a, a really good sign for Illinois. But um, let's start with the outside linebackers because obviously this is a very, very talented crew with Seth Coleman and Gabe Ackes back. But I think the main storyline here, Joey, is Kevin Kane's now the defensive coordinator at Purdue. But Brett Bielman was kind of talking all offseason like he feels like he can upgrade the pass rush, that that was a priority, that they felt like maybe they left some meat on the bone in getting to the quarterback last year. And Charlie Bowen is hired to get more out of this group. Yeah, Charlie Bowen, Kevin Kane did a really good job building this group. Like, we have to start there because this talked about the other day was, wasn't even a position that existed before Brett Bielema and his coaching staff got there. And they moved a few guys that really kind of logistically, that made sense, right? Isaiah Gay, Owen Carney. And then they built this thing from the ground up. And Kevin Kane was a huge part of that and, and did a nice job bringing in talent. But yeah, you got the sense. Brett Bielema said he wanted pass rush value. And you go get an NFL guy that's worked for some pretty darn good pass rushers in his career, Hassan Reddick, uh, Cameron Wake uh, among them. We'll see. I mean, that that is the next step. Like This this was a really good defensive front last year. Obviously, Gabe Akis came in, and we'll get to him. He made a big impact, but it did feel a little bit like it tapered off at some point. So I, I think they want to be able to do that. They need to do that. They need to do that with the young secondary back there. Yeah, as great as this defense was at everything, they were kind of middle of the road in the Big Ten when it came to sacks, 28. Uh, they were 65th nationally with 2.4, uh, 2.15 sacks per game. PFF gave them the number six pass rush grade in the Big Ten, number 22 among 65 Power 5 teams. That's not bad, right? That's above average. But they ranked, according to Football Outsiders, number 105 among FBS teams in sack rate. Um, so you throw all those numbers together, they're elite in most everything defensively last year. They were not in pass rush. I will say I think Kevin Kane did a good job here. I don't think like, Kevin Kane was not very good at his job. One, he was great recruiting and building up this room. But two, 
Seth Coleman played his best football under Kevin Kane. Gabe Backus, as a true freshman, was a freshman All-American and a quality starting Big Ten outside linebacker. But they think they can get more out of this room. And, you know, Charlie Bowen, with his background, with Brett Bioma's background, coaching NFL edge rushers, this is a position they've gotten more out of than I think the previous staff did. I mean, Owen Carney had his best year. Isaiah Gay had his best year. Seth Coleman turned in his best year last year. And, and with what Gabe Ackes did uh, last year as a freshman was really impressive. So um, I think they definitely have more meat on the bone. And I think with Seth Coleman in the fifth year, Gabe Ackes in his second year, he he. this felt like, now we know Charlie Bowen is his recruiter, but that was the question, right? But this felt like a more immediate impact position coach move where it's like this is the one that needs to make the biggest impact with his group because we have a window here with Seth Coleman, Gabe Ackes, Alec Bryant that we could have a special group and Brett Beam was talked about that entire time and Charlie Bowen has gotten rave reviews from the guys he coached in the NFL and uh, you mentioned those names there technique wise you know just talking with him talking with the players they love what he brings. Um, the little moves, the, the little intricacies that you can improve as a pass rusher is really interesting to see what kind of impact he'll make. Yeah, he's resonated with those guys. A resume like that helps you resonate, right? I and mean, if you're coming in there with, with the, the guys he's coached and the the stats that he's helped those guys put out there, you're, you're going to resonate with a group of young guys trying to get to that point. I mean, he's also a personable guy. And, and you mentioned the little intricacies. I know – Seth Coleman talked about just foot placement, like which foot's up, which foot's back to start, like little things to generate that kind of pressure. Like Charlie Bullen knows how to coach edge rushers, which again, I, I'm glad you mentioned, I don't want to indicate Kevin Kane didn't. Kevin yeah. Kane's a good coach and he's defensive coordinator for a reason in the uh, power five. But yeah, I mean, this seems to be something that when we, when he got hired, we talked about, we're probably on this podcast when he got hired, like, all right, He's probably going to be tasked with Chicago land because that's where Kevin Kane was tasked with. And that's a big ask to go in there when you haven't done it. And he's by all accounts, did a pretty good job on the recruiting trail. Uh, we just haven't seen mm-hmm. that on the football field. And I don't say that because I think you and I are like, I wonder if he'll be able to get the most out of these guys. It's just, we saw the recruiting thing happen first because that's how the calendar works. But I'm really, really intrigued to see, what these guys look like obviously and, and we'll get into it, like Gabe Ackes right to have just the games under his belt now you bring this in I think this is a group that's primed for a jump let's get into that I think the big question is do they make that jump and for me Seth Coleman had during that Big Ten West winning streak he was among the most impactful defenders on this defense and think about that on the defense with Devin Witherspoon, you know, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, he was one of the most impactful guys during that Big Ten West stretch. Faded towards the end, uh, in my opinion, and, and the numbers kind of bear that out. And as great as Gab, Gabe Ackes was as a true freshman. So the rel- like one of the better true freshman seasons we've seen, his big games were against Virginia and Chattanooga. He had one sack during Big Ten play. Now, he was consistently getting pressure. I was thinking he was pretty good against the run, but I think there's another huge leap he can take, which is great for Illinois, but it's not guaranteed. So that's the big question, is does Gabe Ackes become the real Big Ten man-child we all think he can be? Because while he's impressive, he had some good games last year, was a part of an, an important defense, 
I don't think he was close to one of the best five, six players on, on the defense last year. Seth Coleman at times was that, but if he can do that consistently, Joey, I think we're talking about a potential NFL draft pick. Um, so that that's Charlie Bowen's task, and I think it's exciting because those guys were pretty good last year. Now if they can take a leap along with Randolph and Newton being as good as they are, this this defensive front is ridiculous. Yeah, there's a reason. When we talk about the defensive front being as good as we think it's going to be, those two and a jump, a projected jump in some capacity has to be factored in there. I mean, everyone – Gayback is is physically and he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He is a very very impressive gentleman. And he's a he's a large guy, and he, and he just plays good football, man. Like to come on like that as a true freshman, that's not easy. And no, he probably wasn't one of the best five or six players on the defense last year. It was hard to that do. makes <laughs> yeah right. Like that makes sense. You you have number five overall pick and three top seventy draft picks. Two guys who as you went on a soapbox with yesterday, should probably be in, well, at least one guy should probably be in an NFL camp right now. But this year they need him to be one of the top four players on this yes. defense. They, they need Seth Coleman to be one of the top five or six players on this defense. Like that has to happen because of what you lost in the secondary. Uh, I just wanted to ramble really through it as I pulled up 35 pressures for Gay Backus a year ago. I mean, that's nothing to, to scoff that, at. That's, that's real, really good. Uh, and he was 12th in the country in quarterback hits, and that all makes an impact. I'm not saying every player yeah, yeah, yeah. needs to be a sack, but at some point, the goal is to bring down the quarterback. A sack is better than just a pressure or getting a hit because it could be yards. It could cost a down. It could cost a chance at a completion down the, the line. So I think that's the next step for him is those little milliseconds that make the difference. Uh, and you think of a pass rusher progressing, those are the things that they improve on to where you can get that quarterback down um, instead of just getting a hit or getting a pressure on him. And that's what's so exciting about him is he showed those flashes, but I think it's just the start for him. And that's why we talk about Gabe Ackes. Seth Coleman was probably the better player last year, but we talk about Gabe Ackes because, man, that was a true freshman doing those things. He could become a real star this season for, for me and, and then go into 2024 as a potential early entry draft pick and, and, and potential first-round, second-round grade kind of guy. Yeah, here's the thing. Gabe Ackes will tell you all of those things. Yeah. That he left some sacks out there that he wants, that he, he would like to have those back. But, yeah, I mean, those those pressures, that stretch. So I'll start with Nebraska. and it Really, no, you, you don't even have to start anywhere. He didn't have any pressures against Wyoming. He played nine snaps. This was before he really kind of broke into that mix. He didn't have any pressures against Mississippi State. That you know, you, you probably needed him to. To be honest with you, you probably needed him to have some pressures there. A hard, a hard team to do it against because they'd get the ball. They so do quickly. it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, three, four, 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 three, two, four, three, two, three, three. Consistent. Consistent. Like to only have you're outside of the game. You played very little on a, a team that moves it fast. Your low was two, and that happened once. Like that's pretty good for freshman. But he, and he's eighteen. <laughs> yeah. He was 18 years old at the might time. Not so look that's, at, might not look at me, yeah. He the, sure does not look but then I can, But that's where the excitement comes in, right? Like, yeah. there. And then I compare it to Seth Coleman. During this stretch, Virginia, six pressures, five hurries, one sack. Chattanooga, eight pressures, two sacks, five hits. I had three pressures against Wisconsin, seven against Iowa, four against Nebraska, four against Northwestern. He did fade a little bit there. Michigan State, Michigan uh, only had one pressure each. 
But there were that middle part of the season, he looked like a future NFL edge rusher. So that's what's exciting is is these guys were good last year, and I think they have another level that each of them can get to, and that's what Charlie Bowen was brought in to, to do. And and you know Brett Bielma saying this, you know I feel like we need more out of our pass rush. I think as we talked about, there, there's more meat on the bone of these guys, which is really exciting given that they're all Big Ten honorable mention guys last year. Yeah, and, and getting that meat on the bone can really change this defense to be able to put those quarterbacks under pressure. I mean, heck, the defensive backs and, and the defensive, like, they'll tell you how much that works in tandem. It's not rocket science to figure out how that works. Put some of these quarterbacks, you've always said it, right? It's the thing you would love it in his defense. Make quarterbacks uncomfortable, make them throw with pressure, don't give them time. And with a young secondary, that's really important. And Illinois has got the guys to do it. That's the, yeah. that's really the big thing. They, they've got the guys to go make some people uncomfortable. What I loved about uh, Ryan Walters' defense is they made quarterbacks think pre-snap. They didn't know what was coming when the snap happened. Lovey Smith, they knew it was coming. Um, but I want to focus a little bit here on, on Seth Coleman. Um, the other part, these guys really, really complement each other well. Like Gay Backus is a basically a strong side defensive end. The traditional kind of sense. He's not dropping back into coverage like some outside linebackers do. Um, I think he could play three, four outside linebacker, but I think he's kind of a strong side defensive end. But he's just tenacious, tough, ferocious, saying he wants to play through people's faces. Seth Coleman's more that, I don't want to say he's finesse because he's gained a lot of strength, but twitchy, a lot of bend, really long. One thing I think gets overlooked with Seth Coleman, he gets into passing lanes, man. Six pass breakups last year. Who was a third on the team last year, something like that, behind Sydney and, and Devin Witherspoon. Uh, Ten quarterback hurries, 13 quarterback hits. He's a big play guy. While, while Gabe obviously can be, you want him to be more. I think Gabe's that stout guy, really good edge setter, and can get to the quarterback. Seth Coleman, I, I think, is maybe more the flashy big play guy and sometimes we don't think of pass breakups at the line of scrimmage but those are game changing plays so they just complement each other really well as well they do and and then we'll eventually get to the depth behind them but you feel more and more like there's not going to be there's going to be a fall off when you go from the starters there's starters for a reason but i don't know that there's going to be that huge of a fall off behind them which is good for the long term of this group but to have those two paving the way we think this will probably be the last year we'll, we'll see what Seth Coleman does obviously Gabe Ackes is he can't go anywhere he can't make the jump uh to the NFL until 2024 but that to have those two paving the way and that really helps to be honest with you helps Charlie Bullen start his college coaching career with two really really good players who have a chance to put up some pretty good numbers all right before we dive into more of the depth I want to tell you this episode of the Illini Choir podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path isn't always clear this can be with some major life changes going away to college like some of you kids are right now hitting the real world on your own relationships with significant others or if you're struggling as a parent whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything the more you practice it the easier it gets so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and if you guys don't mesh and you want to switch therapists 
service. You can do that at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Illini. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Joey, the other part about this room, the reason Brett Bielema talks about why this is maybe the best outside linebacker room he's ever had isn't just because of two players. They have depth at this position. They have talent built up at this position where there are going to be very talented players that don't play much this year because of uh, Seth Coleman and Gabe Ackes. But Alec Bryant will play. Brett Bielema mentioned the other day he's basically like a third starter for them. He's kind of a guy I wrote in our, our position primer, don't overlook, because he was pretty solid last year in that rotation. Played 194 snaps, 11 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, five pressures, a sack and a half, one pass breakup, two quarterback hurries, uh, a 69.1 season grade by PFF, which is a really solid player. That's a good rotation piece. And from everything I've talked about with Charlie Bowen, I don't think he's a former four-star prospect, so the talent's there. He's built up 6'3", 250, looks the part. Maybe not as twitchy as Seth Coleman. Maybe not as, as talented overall, powerful as Gabe Backus. But he said he's really reliable. Um, and uh, I think that's what's standing out to them is you can put him in, get Gabe Backus off the field, put him in, get Seth Coleman off the field, and not feel like you have a huge drop-off. Yeah, I, I think the thing we have to remember is prior to last season – uh, Alec Bryant had one career snap to his name at Virginia yeah. Tech. Yeah. He went in the portal late. He had to sit out that 2021 season. Last season was really his first year of college football. And, and those are pretty fair numbers for somebody who wasn't a starter. He's a rotation linebacker, outside linebacker. That that should be encouraging. Now, I don't – obviously the talent – and neither of us are saying this guy's going to be the breakout star of the Illinois defense this year. But – you're talking about the third linebacker in this rotation who's who's getting that buzz and is buying two really good guys. That helps bring up the floor. And if you get more out of him, as he gets more comfortable in college football, that's great. That's great for Illinois to see more come from him. But he is still a very, very young and experienced football player. He's got 195 snaps. I was going to say, he's not he's not overall for college football. I guess for college football in the COVID era, maybe he is. But this is fourth year of college. But as you mentioned – it's really just his second, going to be a second year of playing because last year was his first chance, gets a rotational role. Um, so there's still, I think, like you said, untapped potential there. And Charlie Bowen told me a couple times this month, earlier this month he told me, you know, the, the key for him is eliminating the mistakes. And I followed up with him about Alec Bryant because 
Brett Bielma continues to mention him, and he goes, that's what he's done. He has he's eliminated those mistakes, which is the hardest part of a guy that's just still gaining experience. So if Brett Bielma is saying he feels like he's got three quality starters at outside linebacker, I believe him because he knows that position really well. And let's be honest, Al Bryant played pretty well last year when he had to play, and uh, he's got the pedigree. He's a former four-star prospect. So that, that's why we're so bullish on this room that if one of those top guys gets hurt, they still probably got a pretty solid starter there in Alec Bryant. I just get a very reliable vibe from him. I think, as you mentioned, Seth Coleman's got that game-changing potential. Gabe Ackes has got, I mean, all the potential. We don't need to go over just that. A man -child just a man-child quality. I just get a very reliable vibe from Alec Bryant right now, which if you're going to your second string, I guess, you're, you're outside of the starters, reliable is the greatest compliment you can get as a backup player, right? Or as a a rotational player, I guess, would probably be the best way to put it since Brett Bielema called him a third starter. Like, That's yeah. good. That's great. And it's hard to find reps for Ezekiel Holmes if he's healthy. Ezekiel Holmes started the game last year. And he's kind of the vet voice in that room. Now, I think they're trying to get Seth Coleman and, and Gabe Backus to step up as that because they're the best players. But Ezekiel Holmes is kind of the old man of the crew, uh, kind of the dad I've heard of that group. Um, and he was a starter at one point last year. He's maybe your fourth guy. And if not, it's Jared Beatty, who's a very highly regarded player. He's struggled with some minor injuries here. But Jared Beatty is impressive looking. This group, it, when they step off the bus, is the most impressive. Because while the, the linemen are bigger, like the offensive linemen, defense, most of the defensive linemen are bigger, these are the guys with the long arms, the jacked biceps, they look the like these are NFL looking players. And Charlie Bowens or Aaron Henry said that. He goes, I went to the New York Giants for a little bit, learned a little bit from them, saw Tommy DeVito, and I came back and said, Our outside linebacker room looks like the Giants outside linebacker room. And it's true. Like these guys look the part, and we've seen a lot of them play the part too. The picture that Illinois tw uh, posted of, of Gabe Ackes at some point during training camp was hysterical. It was absolutely a hysterical photo. Because this kid is 19 years old. He turned 19 in May. And he looks like an NFL player. He is physically built like an NFL player. I remember when we saw Alec Bryant the first time. You're like, who's that guy? <laughs> but it was exactly the same vibes I got when Wally Batiku visited yeah. during, I think it was the spring, if I'm not mistaken, with Lovey. And I thought, who? I thought it was someone's coach, to be honest with you. He was just so big. He looked like such just an adult. I, I thought it was someone's coach. And. Got a lot of, yeah, Alec Bryant. I still remember Gabe Ackes was a similar guy when he visited on campus. Like, oh, hello. Yeah. They, you can just see it. And this, this outside linebacker room looks a part of what a Big Ten outside linebacker room should look like. And I'm glad you mentioned Jared Beatty. Dude, that guy is – he's really changed his body. He has dealt with those injuries. He was a, pretty much a basketball player yeah. who dabbled with football until he – he ultimately made that jump and to dive all the way in. Yeah, and he, he told me when he was a senior in high school that he hadn't lifted weights all that much. Oh, he's lifting weights now. Like, that that is clear. Um, he kind of had that, yeah, kind of guard body for – Allen Iverson, they call him, in that room. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a good basketball player. But he now looks like a power five outside linebacker, and he's – He's really athletic uh, on top of that. Charlie Bowen said he's really athletic, very twitchy, very quick. Uh, as he continues to grow and put on size, he's not as big as Gabe, so his game is a little different at this point, but he's a very gifted player. He just said he needs time at the position. He just needs to rep and be available and, and all that. But I think he's a guy that if Seth Coleman goes pro after this year, is going to be in the rotation next year. Alec Bryant and Gabe Ackes potentially as your starters. 
that this is what you want to build. And beyond that, like we see Lane Jenkins, who's 6'6 and extremely twitchy. He's got to add strength, the JUCO prospect that has joined Illinois, and he's got to he's got to have probably have a lot of work with with Charlie, just being a raw prospect. But he looks the part. And then you have Mason Moragan, who's just a tenacious pass rusher and, and really good technically for an 18-year-old. Then Trey Smith, who needs to add strength, but is really long. He's got like a plus three or plus four wingspan at the very least and is incredibly twitchy. So the, the future of this room looks as good as any room for Illinois football. Yeah, I think, like, I want to say it was early on in Bielman's tenure we had similar feelings about running back. If I'm not mistaken, but this room is so far and away set up for short, medium, long term. It checks literally every single box. If we did, I'm probably going to do position rankings about what my confidence is. Like, defensive line clearly has the two best players at the top, but I don't, we worry about the injury. If an injury happens, key injury happens, I'm not as worried about with this group. This would be my number one position on the team. Would be outside linebacker because you got two guys who I think have star potential, and you have guys behind them that I think can be a starter, and and obviously Alec Bryant this year, and then guys I think are future starters, and then guys in two or three years that I think could be future All Big Ten players. Like this is what you want at every position. My future rankings: outside linebacker would be number one. I think running back would be up there. Offensive line would be up there. Maybe wide receivers making a run. DB obviously you get some credit for this staff with what they've recruited. But there's some short-term questions there. Like, I feel as good about this position now and in the future than any on the roster. Yeah, I would push back on the injury a little bit because I think the the step for Alec or for Seth Coleman and Gabe is to take is so critical to this defense. But to your point, I know the point you're making is like you don't worry about a, an incredible cliff, a talent yes. cliff, as this that position group would fall off of. I just think though it would be something that's a little more okay. Uh, they still desperately need that to be a th- those two to take that step this year. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Like running back might not be as much of a drop off if you get to the next group. I, I don't know, but I don't know I, the way they talk about Alec Bryan and the way he played last year. I thought he was a really solid rotational player. All right, expectations, Joey, for this room. Let let's do the math real quick. There was eight, ten sacks out of this outside. Can you believe I actually looked it up? Did you? Really? Good job. Well, I You're mean, I didn't write it down, but I for sure had it pulled up. It's better than me. Four and, a half, four and a half for Seth Coleman, four for Gabe Ackes, one and a half for Alec Bryant. Yeah, that was better That was better than me doing the math in my head on the live podcast. Um, what would we set the over-under for this group? <laughs> Dang it. Four and a half. What's the math there, 10? I mean, expect- 10, last year. Yes, 10, 10 overall. Dude, I'm not, I can't do this math. 12 and a half would be my – is that enough? Like, is Because let's be honest, college football, 12 games, if you're getting a sack every two games, that's pretty good, right? Whether, no matter what league you're in. Like, if you have nine, ten sacks in the NFL over a 17-game season, that's really good. But should we set the expectations at 12 and a half or 13 and a half? That's what I'm – I'll go 13 and a half. Like, I think that's – I think Bielema has high expectations of this group. It's what he's been talking about all year. So I think a significant increase would be at least 13 and a half among those three guys. I, I expect at least one of these guys to get eight. I was going to say 13 and a half. Like, Is it's that a high number. enough? 12 and a half was too low. Yes. So should we go 14 like, and a half? 
but we're talking a three and a half. So, I mean, everything we just said, right, was we expect a, a jump from Gabe Ackes and a jump from Seth Coleman. That jump combined, I mean, that's effectively two more sacks a person, give or take, right, it, to, to hit that. Th- yeah, it would not shock me if one of these guys had double-digit sacks, if, if, right? Like, Because, I mean, you look at what they have on the defensive line too, right? Like right. Th- those two are going to have opportunities. So many. And tackles. So many one-on-one battles. And let's be honest, against like Ford Atlantic, one of these guys could get three or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or Toledo or whatever it is. Like one of these guys could really feast then. I still, but it, it's, then I say, okay, well, why not 14 and a half? And I think, okay. That's a lot. Maybe that's a little much, right? Um, 13 and a half is a good number. That's, that's a good number. I think I would take the oh, 14 and a half is a big number, but I feel like 13 is where I feel like I, I land. Like I could see three more sacks. If these guys are supposed to take the jump, they're supposed to take. And you brought in a guy designed to help them take that jump. Yeah. That feels like a reasonable say. Hey, this, you, if you told me those three are going to have one more sack a piece. Yeah. Like I would sign up for that. Yeah. Cause let's be, I mean, if, if one of these guys gets nine or 10 sacks, that's like a top, Six seven season sack wise all time for Illinois. Just to put this in the context for fans that might be thinking, oh, you guys are being low on this. Those are really hard to find. Um, it just doesn't doesn't seem like there's that many sacks. And I mean, Herbig led the conference last year with what, like eleven and a half. I'm looking that up right now. Again, something I probably should have done beforehand. Yeah, Herbig led with eleven. Uh, Mike Morris was next at seven and a half. So at I think thirteen and a half is probably a pretty good number. Yeah, Luke, Lucas okay. Van Ness, wonder... your Lucas Van Ness had six and a half last year. I hope he does that again this year. That's another day. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if that Mississippi State film. Remember that was an inexperienced secondary Mississippi State came up against. I do wonder if there's some thought to hey, they're young, quick hitters. Yes, move this thing. Don't let that line get to us. I wonder if Toledo will do something like that or if Kansas will do something like that. Like that's that's kind of a wild card in this mix is the quarterbacks and offenses designing it to get that ball out of there quick. Another thing that stuck with me, we haven't been able to watch a lot of practice, right? Um, and you've been on this, you've asked Aaron Henry about it, is probably won't be as much man-to-man defense with a young secondary, inexperienced secondary. And Jerry DiNardo mentioned on his BTN um, their preview show of training camp, and he said, I, I don't expect they're going to, I expect them to play more zone coverage. So I'm guessing he saw a little bit of that in training camp. And that means quarterbacks may be able to do some of those quick hitters, or that you don't have to wait for a receiver to get out of, get some separation against man coverage. You can kind of just find your hole and sit in there. So that, that plays a factor too. So probably 13 and a half is a pretty aggressive number. I, I don't think 14 and a half, I'd probably go under that, but. If Alec Bryant can give you two and those other guys can give you six, I think you'd feel, feel pretty good about that. That would be a, a pretty good year, I would think, because you also have two guys in the middle who are going to have a few for you too. Yeah, both those guys combined for a combined <laughs> 10 uh, last year as well. All right, before we dive into linebackers, I want to tell you about Homefield. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and history of each school using each of their unique logos, iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. 
You got the script Illinois on those pants, on the shirts, the ringer Illini basketball tee, the 80s football logo there, Rose Bowl champs flying Illini stuff as well. That's what's great about Homefield. I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their selection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with coupon code Illini23. Again, our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check out homefieldapparel.com. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! All right, Joey, let's focus on the linebackers now. And I think this is kind of a group that even during the Lovey Smith era and Tim Beckman and Bill Cubitt era, almost a pretty solid stream of Good linebackers. I wouldn't say great linebackers, but Delshawn Phillips was a really good player. That's kind of stuck in the NFL. Jake Hansen, really good player, made some big plays, who stuck in the NFL. Dele Harding was a really productive linebacker for Illinois. And then last year, you get Isaac Darkangelo. And Tariq Barnes has been just a really solid, reliable linebacker in the middle. And while this isn't a group that... I feel like we think is a high ceiling group, at least that we think of right now. I don't have a ton of questions about it. Like, so before we die, like it's just a group that I think is solid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, Tariq Barnes does a lot of that. I don't think I would have that feeling if you were going into this season with Dylan Rosiak and Kaneno DeLuga as your two starters, just because they don't have the experience as much experience as Tariq Barnes. Tariq Barnes just feels like a really good one. We know he's a good player, but like I know where the floor is with Tariq Barnes of this position group because they don't play with three linebackers. It's generally two. And if one of those is him, I feel like, you know, you're going to get a position group. That's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Going to make some plays watching Tariq Barnes blitz. Some of those counts is very nerd fun. It's very, very fun to watch that. Joe is a linebacker who loved to time up the snap count back what in high school. What did you not play? <laughs> Look at you, man. You've been an offensive lineman. Dude, I got you. Were you a peewee quarterback? Please I, tell me I you was. Were. <laughs> of course you were. Terrible oh, arm. Oh, that's wonderful. Terrible arm, but I knew I knew the position. Uh, the smart kid. Um, at least I like to think myself as one. Uh, no, I love timing up the blitz. I need some of your old coaches to give a scouting report on uh, you. Well, here's the thing. Unlike all these guys we're talking about, my linebacker timing up the blitzes peaked at sophomore year. I had, a, I had a game, I think a second half, where I had four tackles for loss. It was my Al Bundy game, but it was just timing up that cadence. I figured out the guy's cadence, and boy, uh, I was laying some hits, Joey. But uh, Did, everyone, Barnes, get, did really? everyone get too big for you your junior year? Uh, no, they, you just couldn't. They, they realized I was not athletic enough or fast enough <laughs> to run sideline to sideline. 
you you get me between the C gaps, I'm really good. You try to get me to you stretch me out like Wilmington did back in the day, man. And no, that was that was not good for me. Not good for me. Anyway, the storyline of the Illinois outside or inside linebackers is they got to replace two of the three rotation players. Tariq Barnes is back, steady, reliable, two-time team captain now. Tariq Barnes, but Isaac Darkangelo was a huge story last year that that seemed to really build steam late like he played his best football late because calvin hart jr was not his same self or at least the the one guy we saw for three quarters against nebraska who's this big play machine he just didn't make big plays but dark angel was really productive i think he had nine and a half tackles for loss great sideline to sideline speed led the team in tackles despite only playing half the snaps he was a really big player so while i don't know how much we talked about him enough or if Fans knew him a lot. They loved him. And he's in an NFL training camp right now. I think he's in his third NFL training camp. So he's showing something in these preseason games that teams are interested in. I still think he's got a chance to, to latch on as a special teamer at some point. Um, so he's not easily replaced. And, and Calvin Hart was a guy who had a lot of experience at this level. Yeah, we, we talk about Dylan Rosiak and the coaching staff. Remember how – how high they were on Dark Angelo last year, last preseason. And I remember thinking, okay, I guess this is awfully high praise for somebody who the walk-on linebacker never really found his way on, on you know, playing on the defensive side. He was a good special teamer. You hear a lot about that. Obviously, Dylan Rosiak's not a walk-on, but you, you hear a lot of that same confidence, which is different. Like we saw Kanan Odeluga play defensive snaps last year. So I'm saying Rosiak because – I kind of get similar vibes just in the way that they describe like his growth and where he's at and what he can bring. Like he seems to me to be somebody who, who could follow a similar path. I'm not saying he's going to lead the team in tackles. I did call up uh, an activity we did earlier this summer. Uh, and I wanted to bring that up again uh, later on in this to see if you, would, if we still agree with our picks, Yeah. but it, it seems like it's, it's Dylan Rosiak. It's Kanan Odeluga and Tariq Barnes like those to me are the top three and that those are three guys who I just don't you have questions because you haven't seen the last two right you haven't seen or you haven't seen Rosiak and Odaluga much but I just I think Andy Boo's under benefit of the doubt here he's a good coach um now Andy is an eternal optimist right like whenever he talks with us he, he loves all his guys um but I think he's the Dark Angel thing especially because I was a little skeptical of that but they kept talking about him like he was going to be an impact player and he was. Um, and at the same time last year during training camp, I'm talking 2022, I asked him about Dylan Rosiak and Kenan Odeluga, and he said, I think they could play for us right now. Like, if we had to go to them, I would feel confident. And he continues to say that. So they don't – they are expressing that. And Bielema said it too. Like, I feel good about those guys. And the one thing is they have both played significant football. Odeluga was a pass rush specialist in their dime package last year. But he played a bunch of snaps. What, it was 100-plus snaps last year, and he was a special teamer, almost on all the special teams. Dylan Rosiak, the last couple years, has been on all of their special teams, and he got on the field last year for about 55 snaps. It's not a bunch, but he did look the part. And then this is the big question, right? Can they be upgrades? I I, I don't know if they'll be upgrades, but I saw Rosiak in the spring in these spring scrimmages, Joey, and he was – starting alongside Barnes and Odaluga would come in too. I, I don't know who ends up being the other starter next to him, but the sideline to sideline speed and, and most of all, like the feistiness, like he would hit people 
and kind of skirmish with him a little bit. There's an attitude about Dylan Rosiak, and we expect him to be a Mike linebacker. He said, that that's my thing. That's what I'm doing. So he admitted he's playing Mike. Um, but he's got that Jake Hansen kind of feistiness to him. I know they grew up together, and the families are really close, both from the same high school. But he's got that feistiness and sideline-to-sideline speed that reminds me of that. And given that he's a redshirt sophomore who's played meaningful football, like, this is this is this is kind of how it works. This is kind of how it should work in programs. Is these guys get on the field in one role, they get a whole spring, whole off season to work into that starter role, and and here he is, and here's Kanena Odalugu. He's playing the will linebacker, which is basically like the edge. Remember we saw C.J. Hart on the edge, and we're like some people were like, is he playing outside linebacker? No, it's will linebacker. Um, but Kanena's kind of got that bend, that really great action figure physique, uh, and he's a really really smart kid. So. Uh, both those guys, I got confidence that they're going to be all right there. Yeah, we saw Kalon Tolson play a similar role to that yeah. at that back in 21, who also had an action figure body type like Kenino DeLuga has. I'm glad you mentioned that about Dylan Rosiak, because if you remember, Brett Bielema's first spring here, he did recruit Dylan Rosiak. He, he was a guy who was in that awkward recruiting class, and he said, this kid's kind of a firecracker out here. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. You know, pocket it away. And I asked Dylan Rosiak last week, I said, what What do we think he meant by that? Because I probably hit someone in a way I shouldn't have. He remembered and, it, yeah. Yeah, and he probably shouldn't have done that. But, like, it's kind of in his DNA, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Like, he is a feisty kid who's – which that's not to say he's unhinged, but you want people to play with that fire, right? As a linebacker in the Big Ten going up against Braylon Allen, yeah, you better be a little unhinged. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this has kind of been building with him for a while. And remember, Kenan Odaluka was the first guy outside of McCray. Uh, McCray was Brett Bielema's first, and he'll tell you that. He'll tell you he was kind of a one-man band mm-hmm. calling up some old friends back in college football. Calling up Jack but Daniels. They went, huh? Calling up Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's exactly who he called it. Not, not, not the not, alcohol people. Yeah, it was actually Jack Daniels. No, right? no, 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 no. That's a Florida coach. I thought he called Jack, and he talked about, oh, you're right. I think that was Gabe. Yeah. I think that's how he found Gabe. That's Gabe. That's but right. he called someone. He called someone he knew from his past because that's what – at any rate, Kanina Odaluga wasn't far behind. He was headed for the Ivy League. Brad Bielema liked what they saw from – is Mount Carmel, yeah? Yes. Yeah, they, they liked what they saw. He was a running back. He was a do-it-all linebacker. They, they really, really loved him. I think when they got to know him, they obviously loved him more. Like, he was a guy they identified early, too. And then he and Dylan Rosiak kind of came up together in all of this. And I know you did a story, Jeremy, on that and what it was like for both of those two. But I think you nailed it earlier when you said, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about things that should happen in college football in terms of timelines and natural, you know, projecting. This is what it is supposed to be. And <laughs> Illinois is doing things that it's supposed to do. You're not supposed to start 17 <laughs> freshmen. Right? Like, that's that's not how it's supposed to work in these healthy programs. Like, Matthew Bailey, like, he's injured now, but getting in in a role, finding a way to, to help the team, Xavier Scott coming in when you need to come in, and then you build on that the next year. Like, that's how it's supposed to work, and, and these guys kind of fit that to a T. So, um, yeah, I think they got a lot of confidence in, in Dylan Rosiak. And listen, I don't know if these guys are going to be stars, but – I think they're going to be productive players of the defense. I don't have huge questions about them because they don't seem to have big questions about them. So, um, listen, I didn't think Calvin Hart was great last year. And Dylan Rosiak beat him out. 
right? Like that that became pretty clear. Kanena Oduga might have beat him out. But both these guys are going to play a lot because Dark Angel played 384 snaps last year. Calvin Hart played 383. Right? So they're going to rotate these guys in. Both these guys are going to play a significant role. So whether it's Oduga or Rosiek that starts, I think both these guys are going to be really important parts of the defense. You couldn't agree more. Like this is they don't play three linebackers often together, but this is a three linebacker rotation. They have three, I think in their eyes, three starting linebackers in the same way that we talked about the outside linebackers. And these guys are going to be out there a lot. I expect Tariq Barnes to play a ton of snaps and those two to fill in. And there's some versatility there too, right? I think Tariq Barnes can play, both. Can play that will if you want Dylan Rosiak at Mike or, you know, you can have Kenendo Deluda, Ogadaluga at Will with Tariq Barnes at Mike. Like they, they do this in a way that they want that versatility because it unlocks combinations for them and they recruit to that. So, yeah, and, and I think – I don't know we'll get to it. I know it's our next – I actually have – Just the, go into it. The depth chart. The Joey. rundown. Who's next? I think Josh I think Josh Kruitz is the wild card here. I do this Brett too. Bielema, I do this too. It's James. James Kruitz. God. Well, Josh Kruitz is the offensive line wild card. We talked about I, I, ta- I tagged a James Kruitz uh, picture as Josh Kruitz the other day. So Gosh darn it. Don't worry about it. Well, James Kruitz is the wild card here because Brett Bielema – I remember last year – I don't – I think it was the middle of the season – he was talking about his linebackers, and he said, everybody in the building knows the head coach really likes James Crutes. And they really like James Crutes. And I think they kept James Crutes hidden for as long as they could keep him hidden, as much as you can keep a productive player in Chicagoland hidden, we should also add. And the, for a reason. They like him. He's very long. He's like plus, plus six in terms of arm span to height. He is violent. Like They, they are a big fan of him, and Brett Bielema goes out of his way to bring up James Crutes quite a bit. Yeah, and it sounds like he's the fourth linebacker. I think he's the backup to Rosiek and, and Barnes at the middle linebacker, so maybe he's the third option there or whatever, but he's right behind those guys. I think he's what Rosiek was last year, special teams core guy, and if he's got to come in, uh, and then it's going to be James Kurtz's turn next year, wondering Barnes. So this is this is what you want, two years of building up his strength and contributing on special teams. He played a couple games last year. They got him his feet wet on the field a little bit. Uh, and then Ryan Mead's a name we got to mention because we saw him playing that will spot because he was basically on the edge during the spring scrimmages, and he was disruptive. He had a couple big plays, a fumble recovery. He was always around the quarterback. I think that said a little bit about the lack of you know, offensive line depth with a few injuries at, at tackle, but he's another core special teamer that maybe he's the sixth, fifth or sixth linebacker here, Joey, but he's a guy I want to mention because he, I could see him getting on the field for some snaps. I can too, and he's very important special teams-wise. Robbie Disher praises him. Seems like linebacker and special teams are very married together, uh, especially for some of these guys early on. So I'm glad you mentioned him. I think he's a guy that a lot of people look to. I think his voice matters, especially in that linebacker room. He's been around forever. So, yeah, I think he's somebody you could see out there in the mix. And James Crudes is a guy who is on my – he could probably eviscerate somebody on a punt. (laughs) Yes. coverage this year like he he would be if you had to pick somebody on the roster who, who's going to be like that hit yeah, he'd probably be that guy for me mm-hmm. all right uh let's just mention the other guys that are scholarship guys jojo hayden dude he looks the part great athlete i think he's gonna be that screams way. well screams well um you know we we talked about could he be a three four outside linebacker i think that will position is exactly what they want malachi hood's probably uh, probably a little bit of both, but a great athlete. Uh, sounds like he's got some development to do, though. 
because uh, he is he was a DB and running back in high school at Joliet Catholic. But they like Luke Zardzen, um, an experienced walk-on behind them. I just know Andy Boo really, really likes his room. All right, expectations for this group, Joey. What do you got? I don't know. You know, we asked earlier, could this group be an upgrade over last year? I have some hesitation there because one of the guys you lost led the team in tackles. Like, for, for me to say you're going to upgrade over losing your team leading leader in tackles is a hard one for me and he did it to dis- jump on board with. Yeah, and he did it despite not playing half the snaps. Like, seven and a half tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. Like, that, that was an impressive year by Dark Angel, kind of under the radar. Yeah, but that being said, I expect this group to be fine. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that looks like to you, right? Like, what probably looks a little different to everybody. I don't expect you to go leave Memorial Stadium or turn off your TV on a Saturday and say, my team lost because the inside linebackers didn't play well enough. Like, I don't expect that to be the case. I think you kind of, there's a little bit of a known there, even though we, we've talked about the unknown in terms of Rosiak and Odaluga and bigger roles. I think the floor is defined. I think this is a very defined floor. And if they can get to a ceiling that's higher, yeah. maybe then we think that's great for this defense. But I, I just think they're going to be fine. And that's perfectly fine within this defense. Yeah. I think they're fine. Like, I think it's a solid group. I don't think it's a, a great elite group in the Big Ten, but I think it's not one that's going to really hurt you. Um, so I, I think as long as that's your expectation, that this is going to be a workmanlike, solid, blue-collar group. But I don't think – I don't know. There's probably not an NFL draft pick here, right? I, I, I don't see that quite yet. Maybe James Crutes down the line – with speed and length like he has, but you know maybe Dylan Rosiak. I I don't think Tariq Barnes is quite there. Maybe he has a really productive year and improves that wrong, but I just think it's a really solid Big Ten group. So um, I think that's a good thing when you have an unknown secondary. They're certainly going to have plenty of opportunities to make plays. So I don't have a number of tackles. I don't have a number of tackles for loss. Just don't give up big plays and, and force some turnovers. I, I do think we got to bring up one thing, and that's probably a leftover from the Lovey Smith era is the struggles Illinois had covering the tight end. Um, that's more of the strong safeties role in this defense, and personally I like that a little bit more. People would cover. So Demetrius Hill, Clayton Bush, I think it's going to be more of their thing. Uh, I don't think Don Rosick's a great cover guy, so if he's getting on tight ends, that could be an issue. Uh, but I didn't think that was as big of an issue outside of Sam Laporta's first half last year uh, covering the tight ends. So uh, I didn't see it as a big issue outside of the second drafted tight end last year. It was pretty damn I think Payne, Payne Durham didn't have a ton, but he had some really big ones. Those are great uh, battles. Yeah. Great battles with him and Sydney Brown. 100%. I do want to revisit the question that we had from earlier this summer when we picked our statistical yeah. leaders here. I had Tariq Barnes leading the team in tackles. You had Dylan Rosiak. I don't know that I would change mine. Oh, I, 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 yours want, is the safe I bet. I mean, some of these times we do these things, I want to at least make it interesting and entertaining. And I, I Yeah, really, no one wants to read Werner, same as above, right? Yeah, <laughs> like Tariq Barnes is a safe bet because he can get the most reps, right? And it's kind of weird last year that he had that many reps, almost played all the time, and only had 46 tackles. I think that's a credit to the defensive front in front of him. Sidney Brown as well, uh, Jartavius Martin as well. But, yeah, like I still think Rosiak has that opportunity because I think he's going to play that middle linebacker role. So if he plays 500 snaps uh, at the end of the day, like I think he's going to have a chance to do that. So I just, when we watched in the spring, and that's what I loved about being able to see some of those scrimmages, is I thought Rosiak 
looked like a guy who could lead the team in tackles if he gets enough reps. Yeah, I think if I – the one who I think we're probably overlooking – like, I think Johnny Newton could be in that conversation because I think which, that front's going to be good. Which is amazing for a defensive tackle. I mean, he had yeah. 62 tackles last year. I mean, that's the, the, the other part, like, who's going to lead in sacks? Tackles for loss, tackle. That, I don't think I would have – not very good content to put Johnny Newton on all three, but I think he's in a conversation for all three. The other guy I'd put in that mix is Xavier Scott. And those nickels being in the box all the time. They come I off am the very edge. excited to get to DB. We don't know a lot about DB. Can to tease a little bit for the podcast. We don't know a lot about DB. DB. We know a lot about how they feel about Xavier Scott, and they feel really, really, really good about him. Yeah, we'll be doing some guesswork in that podcast. But uh, anything else to add about this group, Joey? Um, I think I, the, I think the defense is going to be really good still. You, you got questions in the secondary that we'll get to in the next podcast, but I don't have a ton of questions about this group because you feel like you got three guys – who are starter quality for two positions in each group. Yeah, I think the, to wrap up a little bit, like I think the outside linebacker group has a really, really enticing ceiling. And I think the inside linebacker group has a really, really defined floor. Like I think that's yeah. the best way I can put it. Do, do we talk enough about the outside linebackers? Remember at one point last year, the contain was a problem. They kind of fixed that towards the end of the year. But I think I do think against these two early teams i mean the big 10 west you don't see a ton of running quarterbacks that's starting to change you'll see that with nebraska but that's been the case with nebraska the last couple of years um but these first two quarterbacks with toledo and then jalen daniels with kansas these are athletic guys and get outside the pocket so um that contain is going to be really important for those guys not to to commit those eye violations so i just wanted to bring that up because i feel like yeah. we didn't hit on that no it's a good point it's something that there were times Last year, definitely early on, yeah. either that or I'm getting 21 mixed up. That, that was something that we heard Kevin Kane bring up at the time, and I'm glad you mentioned that. All right, that'll do it for us on the Outside Linebacker Linebacker Podcast. We'll be back later this week with the DBs and the specialists as well. For Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Line on Choir Podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell. Hit the like button on the way out if you're watching this up there and subscribe to us as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.